Good day, everyone. Good morning, good morning. It's Monday, it's January 2nd, it's the new year. Maybe some of you are back to the office or your regular routine. We got through the holidays, we ate like pigs, now we can get back to the routine. But listen, I'm hopping on here before the weekly show to tell you that we've got a two-parter again this week. I did this again, I did this a couple weeks ago, and uh, today we're going to do it again. Uh, You will get the remainder uh, tomorrow, Uh, but this first part is mostly Ian and I, Ian K is this week's guest, Ian and AK and I talking mostly about the World's Toughest Mudder video that just went out. Now, there are lots of spoilers in this conversation, so if you haven't watched it and you want nothing spoiled, uh, go ahead and wait uh, till you watch the movie. Um, Even if you haven't seen the movie, you do know how the race ends, so it's not like that's the spoiler, but just kind of the little things we talked about may spoil some things for you. So up to you, totally up to you. But this is your warning. Uh, if you want nothing, uh, lines. It's okay, Rev. I'm almost done with this, buddy. Uh, <laughs> Rev just dropped something. I'm getting out of here, by the way. I'm definitely going to go uh, work in the office today, but wanted to go ahead and get this out to you. So yeah, there's your warning. Uh, and then uh, before we get into it, I have to say it's a little whatever, I don't know what the word is, navel-gazing to have somebody on just to talk to me about the movie that we made. But um, Ian is a friend, and you know we talk often online, and we chat, and we WhatsApp, and he was asking me questions about the movie. Uh, and I thought, well, you know, a lot of people are asking these questions. Um, <laughs> and this isn't one of those, a lot of people have asked me about my makeup routine. Um, people have been messaging certain questions, and I thought, well, let me just address them all at once. So... Um, yes, it is Ian and I gushing over my own thing, which, you know, could seem lame, I guess, but I thought it was a good way to talk about it and get a lot of my thoughts out about it at once, uh, because people have asked certain questions. So that's what this is. Uh, and I hope you enjoy it. And, uh, we do kind of, you know, do what we do, go some other places. Uh, but then I went and ran a 5k and you'll hear all about that, uh, on the next call, which will be tomorrow. The second river. Do you want to say hey to everybody before we go? Hi, everybody. You got to get on the mic, yo. Hi, everybody. Anything you want to say about the new year? Are you excited about the new year? Happy 2023. That's it? Okay, cool. See you later, buddy. All right, let's get to, let's get to me and Ian. Uh, away we go. Let's, let's, let's jump in and start. Uh, happy new year. Ian Happy K. New Year, Matt. <laughs> uh, you're the first person other than, let's see, Stacy. I said it to, and Rivers right over there, I said it to him. Uh, uh, I was only woken up once last night over here in my part of town. Uh, people have uh, fireworks, which I can only describe as like howitzers, and uh, it's it's it will wake you up, and then I fell back asleep. How about you? Um, yeah, I think I well, I stayed up till midnight over here, which is only like five PM your time or whatever it is. So, yeah, but yeah, we we stayed up, heard some fireworks. But this whole time of year, we hear fireworks all the time because we have bonfire night, uh, which is November fifth, and then people just keep all the fireworks. So you just get used to it. Well, here in Georgia, uh, when I was growing up, they were not legal. Um, you had to go to Alabama which is the neighboring state, um, or Tennessee, which is the neighboring state to the north, 
for you UK audiences, although many of you came over here to wonderful Alabama for the uh, for World's Toughest, which we're going to, going to talk about. But it was a big deal. Like you'd go, you drive up, you bring it all back. And then I don't know how many years ago it became a thing. Like, you know, they have those rest stops like on the freeway, like the same way you guys have the uh, – you know, the rest stop with the takeaway, right? This is yeah, like service stations. Service like this is like as you cross the border, like get your firework like these massive uh warehouses basically. And I think they probably still have those to get certain things, but now you can literally get them at Walmart. So anyway, people yeah. just stock up all year basically. Yeah, we, we have them as well. You have like pop up shops which are charity shops ten months out of a year, and then for the last two months only they're stocked full of fireworks. Well, if you want to watch a fascinating video, which you know I'm all about watching fascinating videos on YouTube, there's one on how um, the Halloween store over here is only open two months a year, but is incredibly profitable. They find old locations that aren't being used, and they open it you know, in August, and they sell a shit ton of stuff, and then they go back away. Old locations not being new. It wasn't that the Decker plan for a while? <laughs> always bringing it back. Always. That's what I love about you, Ian. Always bringing it back. Well, listen, we're gonna we're gonna I think break this call up into two parts. We wanted to go ahead and start the new year off with the weekly show, uh, and uh, had a big call about uh, World Obstacle, which many of you probably haven't seen yet because I didn't want to put it up. I didn't want to put it up yesterday because we didn't want anything to get in the way of this huge launch. Of the uh, of the world's toughest video, so you uh, were there this year, and uh, want to know what uh, your thoughts. I want to talk a lot about the video because I put a lot of heart and soul into it, as Jeff did, and you and I were going back and forth on on the WhatsApp. And I thought, well, let's just talk about some of these things because it gives me an excuse to talk about it. So there you go. Well, first, Mark, you, you said it was your most ambitious. I know you, you said that um, both on. Um, on calls with people also to in person to people and yeah well i think your ambition was i hope it was met it's amazing quality was it how you envisioned it well jeff said yesterday jeff taught me a long time ago like i think anybody who ever makes anything will tell you well we didn't i don't think i got enough like when you're at just just covering a race like oh, I didn't get enough I wish I got more interviews I wish I shot more of this and Jeff a long time ago said Matt it's not going to hurt it's not going to turn out how you wanted but it's going to turn out great and so I've always kind of settled into that um and so that's what I think he meant yesterday when he said it actually did um the I sent Jeff a text last night um uh, it was pretty funny because a question people ask um is uh, how long did it take you to edit? And it's it's an incalculable number because there's sitting down, right? There's like literally sitting down, which hard enough to calculate that, like the amount of hours that like like Jeff does in just his first overview. But it's like, do you want to include like like obsessing about it and having the idea and then changing the idea and then getting on the call with Jeff? Like, how do you even begin? Because somebody said, somebody wrote that on the Ode to Laz video. They're like, how long did it take you to edit? I'm going to make an, a Last Man Standing video. And I was like, you know, I tagged Jeff and I said, well, you could ask Jeff, but you can't, you can't really calculate because like you edit and then you spend, then you talk about it, then you edit it some more. Then you, so anyway, the answer, but then this amazing thing happened. This really great thing happened where I decided, uh, I wanted to watch it all the way through yesterday, and trust me, when you make it, you get pretty sick of it. But I was like, I'm going to watch it today, as it felt kind of like a 
like sitting in the premiere on like opening night, like, oh, I should watch it while everybody else is watching it. And, you know, you notice different things, you hear different things. And when Chris said, I watched this five years ago, I watched Rhea do it five years ago. And um, that's kind of how long it took me to do this. It's like, it took five years for me to do this. And so then I thought watching it with Jeff, I go, well, that's the real answer. It took us 10 years to make this video because like, that's the answer. Like we wouldn't, we couldn't have made anything like this until we've done all the other ones. So that's the answer when someone says, how long did it take it to, to edit that video? 10 years. That's your answer. No, that's actually really true. And you can, you can see it. Like, I, I think I, I don't know if it was to you or to someone else. I said, it's like Netflix quality and a much smaller budget because unless Jeff is secretly a millionaire and um, has lots of um, Netflix style things in his in his back back room, yeah, your budget was small, but the quality was amazing. Yeah, so uh, that was another thing people asked, like people who do like make stuff for a living. Like I sent it to um, uh, a couple people who just who who I knew would appreciate it, who don't even like OCR, no OCR, and they were like, oh, "That's really good quality." And how many of there were you? And so there's me and Jeff, right? And remember, I can't really do much. Anything that looks pretty is Jeff. Anything that's them just like talking during a break during the pit crew, that's me. So Jeff has all the pretty shots, and then. Um, we did, thankfully, Tough Mudder really helped out because there were a couple of gaps. You know, when Jeff had his first cut, there were a couple of gaps that he's like, okay, that's a shot we've already seen. And so we actually reached out to Mudder and said, you know, we'll take your scraps. Like, we don't even need beautiful stuff. We just need a couple to kind of fill in the gaps. But it worked out perfect because, like, they sent us a cool drone shot we used. And I always joke uh, that I wanted to call a production company No, uh, no Drones or something because, like, it's to me, it's like a lot of like that's like every video is like this just these cheap drone shots all the time. And it's like it looks gorgeous, but it's like, come on, we've all seen the drone shot start line, blah, blah, blah. But but they sent us a couple of those. And then there were a couple of obstacles we just didn't get to because it's really fucking hard with two people to get to to get to all the obstacles, then get back to the people. So and it was really hard on that course as well. That wasn't the easiest course to cover because it had that horrible dog leg thing, which um, to get to the far end. So, right. yeah. Yeah. I, so, I, go ahead. I was saying I, that's something as I was watching it. I think you got pretty much everything, which was so impressive. Well, so they also gave us like a great, a couple of great shots that we didn't get, which again, like for those of you, you may not even notice it, but they got us um, uh, Statue of Liberty, which was great. And they got us those underwater tunnels. That was that was their shot. I think that was a drone shot. It's um, it's funny. I can instantly tell, but other people probably might not know. But um, I so I want to back up because again, like this is uh, this is my excuse to talk about this, and this might seem super boring to you, except for the super WTM honks. But like I said, I really want people have been a lot of people have been messaging, and so this is kind of my way of answering. So like I'm like I feel like almost nervous about it. Like why did you bring? Why did you bring Enon just so you could talk about it? But it's like, because I want to talk about it. So um, so the whole concept was I've been seething for the last basically two years, okay? I watch a lot of these trail videos on YouTube. And, you know, the first few that I watched, well, so first there's Unbreakable, which came out in 2010, which is amazing. Go watch that. You want to be inspired, go watch Unbreakable. It's about, not to be confused with the Unbreakable Pass, it's about... Uh, uh, it's, it's about it's a, a lot of people learned about 
um, Western states, and it's this great contrast of a sponsored runner versus a guy who's literally camping outside the night before, and it it shows a lot of, it's kind of the first one that we all saw, like, holy shit, this is what it takes to run 100, these aid stations in the middle of nowhere, and like, all this great stuff, and since then, everybody's been trying to remake that, and it's a lot of the same beats over and over again, right, and a lot of them look pretty, but are boring, like again, amazing, amazing drone shots, amazing, you know, oh my God, this is gorgeous, but it's like, you know, here's the start line, here's, you know, here's the runner back at home with their family talking about it, they're packing their shoes, it's like the same beats every time, and then there's always a point in the middle where, like, they talk about suffering in like a voiceover, but it's like, I don't know that they're really suffering, it's kind of like, it's kind of like uh, Hannah said of the movie, right? Like, you want to suffer? Try this, right? And so I'm like, we need to make something that shows how fucking hard it is to not only run 75, 80, 100 miles, but to be wet and cold and your whole body is being used. Like, that's number one. First of all, I want to do that. That was the biggest, like, and I feel like we did that. I feel like when you see, when you see, forget even Katie struggling, just like when you see them just going through Block Ness or or, or going, doing anything, you're like, I want someone who's watched an ultra to go, holy fuck, they have to do that too? Yeah, it definitely came came across like that, Matt. Are we allowed to say spoilers on this? Because I, I know a lot of people have watched it, but a lot of people haven't watched it. Are we allowed to spoil it at all? Or? Well, Chris did win. I think that's well known. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean the, the actual movie itself. And I'm going to refer to it as a movie because it is a movie. Yeah, I think people were expecting a 20-minute um, documentary from you, and they've got almost an hour. It's, yeah, uh, it's like 50-something. And that was the other thing, too. Is like, But yeah, if you say something that I think we should cut, I'll cut it. But I don't think – just, yeah, feel free. <laughs> no, no, because when I was watching it, I know you mentioned Unbreak, but I haven't watched that. But the flashback I got was to the Barkley Marathon's um, documentary on Netflix. Yeah. It it felt very much like like that. And as it progressed, and this is where I'm, I'm kind of spoiling it, because you're, you're focusing on three amazing women during it. Right. Um, which I, I presume did you pre-select um, prior? Uh, I hope you did, and it well, wasn't I'll get, just. I'll get to uh, that in a minute. Finish what you're saying, then I'll get to that. Okay. And yeah, initially it's going one way. So initially it's a a freeway race, effectively, and then you almost have this this turn halfway through where it becomes not so much about these three women fighting each other, but fighting against themselves to achieve goals. Well, I feel like you just gave you just gave us the trailer. That was like that's like the perfect that's like the perfect sentence. So, so the first goal like I said was like make something that shows how hard this is. Okay? Now, let's do something that we've never done and that I don't think Tough Mudder's ever done. And this is no disrespect cuz we've made great stuff and they made great stuff, but it's like if you watch any of the CBS stuff or even their documentaries that are just theirs, it's like Tough Mudder is 24 hours of blah, blah, blah. And here's the obstacles. And isn't it crazy? And isn't it hard? And you show a little bit of the elites and then a lot of the regular people. And you just, again, same beats over and over again. It's like, Jeff, we've told that story. We've told that story, right? Let's tell a new story. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, what if we do it? Okay, so this is this is where we're going to get super nerdy, okay? But I know you appreciate it. And I know there's at least a few other people like me. I go, Jeff, everything we do has like fun and music and this and that. I go, what if we just go fucking verite, man? Just no music. Just like people like the squish of the mud and people, you know, in the pits and eating and like that's the fucking show we needed to do. Like I was very, you can ask Jeff, I was kind of a lunatic, right? And so Jeff, being the genius that he is, when we started editing, he said, 
let me show you about a minute kind of both ways with a little music and with no music, right? And with no music, it was pretty boring and could still be done. But I was like, and so again, this is where Jeff is, I think, fantastic, is like Jeff chose those, like kind of those moments. And I know it worked because I think it was Francesca watched it and said to me, Matt, like you really captured it. Like you can hear them put the neoprene on. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff that's like I wanted people to get. Again, not just like, and again, the music is great. Like the, like there's clearly a lot of music like to in between the talking and stuff. Um, but that's the kind of stuff that I hope people would kind of like, even if they don't know that's what they're watching, that's what they're watching. I actually had that on my notes. See, I, I do keep notes, but what, what I loved was there was almost a a Star Wars feel, and that, that's probably way out there, but when you watch Star Wars and you're just watching it, there's one set of music, you, you know. Everyone knows that. But if you actually listen to it, there's music all the way along, which you don't notice, and you have exactly that same thing with this documentary that there's just music in the background in certain parts when it's needed. And right at the end, I don't know what Jeff picked, but that music was beautiful and it brought a tear to the eye. Yeah, I, I, it's brought tears to my eyes and, and, and I know what's going to happen, A, because I was there and B, because I've seen it. And again, then there's just like, you have to get, so let's get back to picking. I said, okay, do we do two elites and one regular, Right. Like, what if we chose, like, two elites and, like, somebody just going for 50, right? And, like, that experience, right? And then maybe three elites and one one regular, right? And then some, and then I and then I was like, it's just, I don't know when it, I decided, but I just know at one point I was like, okay, who do we know that's probably going to do well and is also good at talking because that really helps, right? And so we picked the three that we picked and someone might say, like, well, sure, that was easy, like you picked the one, two, and four, but dude, it did not have to go that way. Like it 100% did not have to go that way. And if you had me pick the men, which I know is a deeper field, I would have gotten maybe one of the top three. And and that would have been fine, by the way. If I got if I got someone, if any one of them DNF'd or whatever, that's a different, that's a story, right? But it's like just because you follow somebody good, it doesn't mean, you know, it's going to go that way. So, uh, but I can say that like, I won't give away this because I think it's a great, line but like what hannah says about chris at the end like that's the kind of stuff that's like awesome and like that's you just have to get lucky that you pick a good subject that knows how to talk it's not everybody's good at talking right no it's incredibly hard to to talk particularly talk and run well more than 50 miles i'm not going to spoil everyone's uh, mileage but they they, we all know they got more than 50 miles and yeah and deal with the code and yeah, I felt cold watching this film. Maybe that was flashbacks, but yeah, you, you saw the rawness. And if that's what you're going for, Matt, you achieved it. All right. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And again, I had this idea when we started. Um, oh, and we had Javi, Javier was going to help us and get, get some GoPro. Um, and I was so excited. I was like, oh, my God, we've never been able to do this. I can't run fast. You can't run fast. But we could have Javier like with them like running along. And uh, we only did that like once because Javier was like, he was crewing, you know, he crewed, you know, the male winner and some other people. And um, he did, by the way, he was, he definitely helped and he was awesome. And I loved hanging out with Javier. But of course, like that's, that's one of those things that the plan did not like that kind of never happened except for 
early on he's running with them like at the very beginning and he's like hey i ran with them and blah 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 um but I, I think I lost my train of thought. I don't know what else you wanted to ask. No, we're, we're talking about actual picking uh, where it was. And, yeah, it's easy for people to come back and say, oh, well, it was clear that – it was not clear that Chris was was going to going to win. That's not a spoiler. Everyone knows that. Or get that. 100. Or get 100. No, it was not clear any time, which – Sorry, side point. I'm, I might forget to say this. I love, and this is a mild spoiler. There's a there's a scene in this um, documentary, guys. Sorry, this movie, where you're speaking to them to them all, and you ask the same question, like, "What what are you doing here?" Right. And Chris is trying to work out how long she's got to get oh, hundred. Right. right. And it's. It just really sells that confusion that people have when they're doing something that's freaking hard. Right. Right. No, that was that was fucking amazing. Um, yeah, like I've I've chuckled like every time. <laughs> Six hours, eight hours. I've got eleven hours. You definitely don't have eleven hours. Like it's it was I, I think I cheated a little bit. It was actually like six fifty two and not seven, but you know, when we put seven I put seven in the in the in the video I posted just to kind of make it whatever. But but uh, I think that was the other thing, too, about like, well, we know we want to tell this story, and it's probably going to take a while, but what's too long, right? And so the first cut was probably, let's say, 10 more minutes, maybe less. And it's like, okay, how do we, like, like the first whatever minutes, like basically getting to the dark, it was like, okay, how, like, could we make that shorter? And I think I kept trimming little things, uh, and then it was like, it was like I was kind of torn, but then when I watched it one more time through, I'm like, well, you've got to get to the end, and you don't get the payoff at the end if you skip all that other shit. So it's like, because we knew that intro was great, right? Like, like that was the other thing, too. That was like, while, like, I think, I think it was driving to, like, breakfast that morning, even, I said to Jeff, like, what if, what if it's the champ, the contender in the wild card? What if we call them that, right? And so that's what got that great line, is that I said... I said that to them. I was like, can I, like, Hannah, you okay being called the wild card, right? And so, like, that kind of stuff that, um, that, like, that's great. That early first, you know, queen of the desert, she has returned, right? Like, all that stuff. And by the way, like, I just talked to Katie, and she was awesome about all of it. Like, and that's obviously part of the worry, too, is, like, like, like you want them to like it, the people who are in it, right? Uh, Hannah hasn't watched it because she's still running, I think, as of right now. Have you checked Hannah's mileage lately? I've not checked Hannah's mileage yet, but she was doing across for years, wasn't she? So she's probably still uh, still running. And I presume Chris is still volunteering um, somewhere because uh, that, that's what Chris does. She, she's just awesome and uh, helps people out. How's Hannah doing? Are you checking? Well, I'm going to tell people what across the years is. It's called across the years because you run it through New Year's, December 28th to January 3rd. You can do six hour, 12 hour, 100 mile, 24 hour, 48 hour, 72 hour, or six day, sorry, or marathon. And uh, Hannah is running the six day, Hannah and David, because why not run for six fucking days like a lunatic? And as of last checks, if we go to gender, Hannah is in third place with 195 laps or 204 miles, okay? She's only 13 miles behind second place. And only 147 miles behind first place because <laughs> a woman named Annabelle Hepworth has run almost 300 miles. Uh, these are, wow, this is very impressive. The leading man has 342 miles. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's what Hannah's doing. Um, 
But what were we talking about? Uh, getting back to Katie, can, can I just, um, again, this is a mild spoiler, I'm sorry, but what I did like was the fact that you didn't dwell on the story that's already been told. There's already this controversy. Tough Mudder had made their decision. Whether or not you agree with it is irrelevant at this stage. And you didn't really pick up the thread. And I think that was the right decision to make. You showed how hard she was finding it, but you didn't like going to controversy and put it all up because it's happened. There was no point in going over it. Yeah, it just, it's like the whole, that's the whole thing too, right? It's like, and then I'll get back to talking to Katie, and I don't think she's going to care that I said this. Like, like the first cut Jeff had did have like a couple of map references and like you know one thirty obstacles start to open, and I'm just like none of that. Like that's like based maps and obstacle names. Again, we've done that video a hundred times, and B, it doesn't fucking matter. I just, honestly, I told my wife. My wife was my barometer because my wife is like. Like I I know like what draws her in. If you don't care about the sport, but you know how these three women feel, right? And like knowing obstacle names and knowing penalties and carabiners takes too long to explain and doesn't have shit to do with how these women feel and how fucking hard this race is. You know what I'm saying? And it would only add to confusion. So like we thought of like, okay, do we put a line? Do we put a a screen up that says you could skip obstacles and because there's a couple scenes where we couldn't get rid of what they were talking about but it kind of doesn't matter uh theo our, our buddy theo is kind of saying do you want to skip this do you want to skip that at one point when 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 katie's eating pizza i said do you want to skip that but it's like it's just too fucking much right like they run by everest the first time and so it's like are people going to be like, why is that lady running by Everest? You know what I mean? It's like if people who aren't familiar and it's like, we're just not going to have any of that. And so then when the controversy came up, the first cut, we did have that part where she comes in and she talks to medical because that's quote unquote good for drama. I just made air quotes. But then it's like, but not really. It's just going to fucking confuse people. Like it just doesn't matter. Again, like if we're trying to make something that appeals to not just the OCR community, you're going to spend an hour talking about cheating controversy. It's like, fuck that shit. No, and it didn't add anything. It, the line in the sun's been been drawn. I, I'm not going to spoil this. Um, <laughs> you so keep saying that. I am not going to spoil this this time, but there's an awesome cut in it, which involves one of the women, because they all struggle at various parts during the race, I, I think. Although I don't think Chris stops smiling even when she's struggling, which uh, she's superhuman, and you know, if we could find out what she's powered by and bottle it, uh, you wouldn't need Patreon anymore. We could just uh, do that. But anyway, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm digressing. There's this great scene where you're talking to one of the ladies who's struggling, and you overlay that with their pre-race interview where they're saying what they will do if they see someone else struggling. And that is just a great scene. Yeah. So that's that's definitely Jeff. I, I wanted to ask people why they were here. And by the way, that was a whole nother thing that I thought, oh, I can make a whole separate content. I'll just ask everybody, like, why are you here? And like, we'll make a whole separate video series. And that didn't work out. Um but uh, Jeff Jeff said to them on Friday, what would you say to someone who's struggling? She, he asked all of them that, and that worked out great. And again, it's like, I can't emphasize enough, like, you can't, you can't pick that this stuff's going to happen. Because I remember last year um, was this first time they started talking about a women hitting 100. And so Amelia was back, and Steph was back, and Amelia was doing great early on. And it was like, is she going to hit 100? And, you know, same thing with Steph Bishop, and she ended up DNFing. So, like, nothing is guaranteed to happen. And 
to go ahead and answer this question, a couple people wrote, uh, like, cool, I would love to see a guy's version. And so, of course, I've been thinking, like, oh, well, should we do the guys next year? And I'm going to say that I cannot make that decision right now because I kind of feel like we're not going to catch lightning in a bottle twice. And we already made, like, we just made that movie. So I feel as soon as we finished it and and we kind of were done, I was like, okay, we don't need to do this again for, like, at least two years, right? <laughs> like, we've done it. We're not going to make it again. But who knows? By this time next year, I could be super fired up and, you know, want to do a guy version or maybe not. Yeah, and again, that then gets you into um, trouble of finding out who to talk to and, and that. And yeah, you've literally just released this this movie. So I, I agree, you know. Um, we, we talk about things being the best thing ever. You know, <laughs> just, just just let it let it go. And quite frankly, I do think this is the best one ever. Again, I don't know if I said this to you or someone else, but we've had like the High Rocks documentary this year. You've had the CBS documentaries of World's Toughest, and they're all great movies done by professionals. This was a great movie done by professionals who know the sport, and that's the difference. It's just knowing them them little things and not having um, stop voiceover man um, number 12. Did you reach out to him? You know, the, you, know you could have done it on the hills of Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's funny. Um and and again, like I think, I think like that's that's a way to storytell. And I feel like television, especially, they feel like they need to hit you over the head with everything, right? Explain every story, overdo it, make them say, "Well, how did you feel when you did this?" and "How did you feel when you did that?" and like all this stuff that's like super. I mean, you mentioned High Rocks. I can say without a doubt in my mind, at all ours was better than High Rocks. High Rocks was not good. We knew that before we started ours, right? And I, I think it's it's also. When when they're making it and they they think well this is we need to make it about us and I got to tell you like to me I sent so I sent it to Giles and I said do you think we could share this and he says I think so and I won't hold him to it they don't have to for sure um, but I think Giles will uh, unlike let's just say if I had sent it to Spartan they they whether they said yes or no it would never make it right so um, you know I sent Giles an advanced copy um, but. Without us ever saying, other than that first words of how hard it is, we didn't have to keep talking about the brand. But if you watch that, you get it. I mean, I would say, like, this might sound super cheesy, but I thought of this during my last viewing of it. Like, to me, it's like a love letter to World's Toughest. It's like I've spent 10 years covering this event, and here it is. Like, like, like you do see crew and you do see I do wish we got a couple more volunteers I think that was in my notes early like Jeff let's talk to volunteers let's talk to staff let's talk about what it's like to stay up all night and we didn't quite hit all those beats but yeah like and and, and if you're tough mutter and you're making this right you like oh well, let's make sure we keep saying how hard it is and like you got to sign up for it and all that other bullshit so I think that's what makes the difference is like we're not invested that way but we still that's what I said to you about high rocks I said and it was the same thing. So I did listen to parts of your uh, parts of your podcast, uh, your your call in show. I love that you brought up the Phineas and Ferb reference. I haven't heard that in a bit. And then, you know, when Hunter described how he would have shot that, I thought it was perfect. Right, what he said, and I would have done similar. Right, I don't. I would. I don't think I would have said let's let's show somebody rowing necessarily. I, I like that idea, but just the idea of you show the race and that's how you that's you show the race and that's how you highlight the race. You know, you don't you don't just talk about the athletes and then barely show someone running from station to station. They just missed it completely because they kept wanting to say over and over again, 
what Hyrox is instead of just showing us what fucking Hyrox is. Yeah, there's this great shot in your movie where it's on Chunky Monkey and it's towards the end and it's it's an unknown. I'm not sure who, who it is. Uh, I'd love to fi- find out because I, I want to give the guy a hug or something, but he's trying so hard to get all the way across and falls about four or five rungs and that sells what a hard race it is. You don't need to tell people it's a hard race. Right. Or just keep or keep saying like it's the race for everybody and it's you can do it and blah blah blah. And it's like, you mean And you can compete against um, world athletes because we're outside CrossFit Games, Toughest Mudder, Spartan, and a lot of other sports. Can you do that? <laughs> right. Uh-huh. And that's the other thing too, is like again, like like where Jeff where Jeff is great is like, you know, um, I feel like when you talk, when you see like directors and they work with the same guy for like 20 years and that's like their producing partner and like that's why because it's so fucking rare is like Jeff always basically takes whatever my idea is and then it comes out even better than I thought right so it's like you know we've we've shown we've shown Sean's spart start speech a hundred times whether it's regular mutters or world's toughest and so it's like all right well how do we do that and then Jeff picked just like some really great moments to show right um and then he brought it back where he shows him talking at the end, like just really. And then can we just say all hail Clinton, by the way, can we just say all <laughs> hail Clinton? And that's another thing that's like Jeff said, I feel like I don't even want to say this because it kind of ruins it, but I don't care. Jeff said, what if we ask Clinton, how is world's toughest mother like a woman? Like Jeff just put that down in his list of questions. We knew we wanted to get Clinton. And I said, I could ask him that 10 times. He'll give us 10 different answers. And so he, he, he did zero, none of that was rehearsed. I go, Clinton, how is world's toughest like a woman? And he, and he talked for a minute. Right. And then I go without any warning, I just said, but how is it like a woman? And then he gave a completely different answer and we were dying, laughing, dying, laughing. And then I just thought, I have no idea where we're going to put these. Right. But then Jeff figured out, like, again, that wasn't like a grand plan. Jeff figured out, like, what if we sort of match the tone of the movie with those different quotes? So, uh, I mean, you could ask, I could ask Clinton, I mean, you just got to, like, he's one of a kind. I still laugh. I still laugh watching those, and I know what he's going to say. 24 hours in a row? Outside? (laughs) (laughs) They they are some some of the best shots. And I did love those those shots and the shots you had with just random people just talking to them. A bit insulted that you put subtitles on with the only UK person, come but come, come on. on. <laughs> a, little, a little bit of to and froing. I mean, come on. <laughs> no, that, that was funny. Uh, one, one thing I wanted to mention, which Jeff, I think, did a really good job. I don't think WTM meant for this to happen, but by putting the contenders all at the front – the railings became like an unofficial quick pit. Right. I'm not sure if that's the intention, but that makes for such a good movie because you just see these interactions with the pit. And I think the pit crew just, well, they did their jobs. They they did their job. They, it would have been so easy for, for them to get starstruck by the camera, for example, but they didn't even pay you any attention, Matt, and uh, that's sometimes very hard to do. <laughs> well, uh, I have to say that's the other place that we got lucky is this was the first time that the music uh, and the speakers were set up far away from the pits. Usually it's all kind of together, 
And so none of those none of those interviews would have worked because the music had been blaring. But it was awesome because they'd come through the finish. You hear the exciting music, and then it was quieter down by the pits. So I don't know how or how that happened exactly, but I'm telling you, it worked out great because that's a really hard thing to do. And then you end up using subtitles all the time. And I still wanted to use subtitles a few times, and then I realized it kind of doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like what they're eating or what they're talking about or whatever. But that was, again, like just luck on our side. Yeah, because there was, I think I might have messaged you about this. There's this great shot with, with Sophia, and she's quietly spoken anyway, and you can't really hear what, she, what she, she's saying, but you can hear Chrissy's reactions to it, so you know exactly what's being said. And I think subtitles would have completely ruined that, that moment. So I I think you guys just did a great job with that, as did all the pit crew. They... Yeah, I think it definitely helped you as well that Hannah and Chris were pitting in the same spot. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, you when everybody's covered in neoprene, we're watching the board, right? And it's like it tells you where they are, right? I think, what was the last? Do you remember what they were? Remember it was showing the board? And the last stop was three and a half miles in, and it was... The last stop, I want to say it was... Either it was Devil's Beard, I yes. believe, was the yeah. last stop. Right, and so okay, there are Devil's Beard at you know nineteen fifty two, right? So they'll probably be here in about twenty minutes, and then you're just waiting and waiting, and then it's like, oh fuck, here she comes! Oh no, oh, yeah, rah, rah. right. So uh, especially when everybody's covered, uh, it's really hard. Uh, it's really fucking hard. Let me get a coffee refill. You can promote your show. <laughs> Right, listener, I, I I guess I should promote that over in the UK, we do have two shows. We have the UK OCR podcast for all of you off-school racing fans. That puts out two shows a week. We have an interview um, a show, which goes out on Monday. We also have the Swift Half on a Friday. That's like the weekly show, but with British accents. Uh, also, we've just... In the interview thing, we occasionally do previews, which we have Who's Hot and literally just released, uh, as I'm recording this, is Who's Scott, <laughs> which, it, which has Matt's favorite line in the world in the intro. You need to listen to Who's Scott, by the way, Matt, just for the intro. You really do. Okay. Better than Phineas and Ferb? It's better than, than Phineas and Ferb. Give it a listen to the, to the intro. I'm not going to spoil it, but give it a listen to, to that. But yeah, I've just promoted UK OCR. I've not promoted UK all the H's and the X's yet, but we may do that. We might not do that. We'll we'll see. Um, can I talk to you about the subtle storytelling that either you or Jeff does in the movie? Yes. One thing that, and this happens quite early, is you've built these three ladies as... Yeah, different and it's great because it it plays out because about um, seven to eight minutes into the movie you get to block ness and you see the current champion been here before very focused she knows what she's got to do gets in block ness straight through it yeah laser focused on on keeping her lead she was in the lead you then a couple of uh, seconds later see Chris. Uh, it might have been maybe a few minutes later. I'm not sure what it was at that time uh, in terms of a race. And Chris does block Ness. Okay, it is a bit fuller, but she does block Ness like you do on a regular race. She helps people. And it was just so nice to see, because we all know Chris is a lovely person anyway. And it was just, it told the story, one, of how much Chris helps people. 
but also it contrasted Katie knowing this is a race. And it, it was just such a good uh, set of shots. I, I have to say, again, uh, I don't know how much I would have noticed it. When I watched it the first time, Jeff pointed it out to me. And then I want to say 50% of the comments mentioned that. So it clearly stuck with people because it's also early. It's like eight minutes in, maybe 10 minutes in. And uh, yeah, everybody, said, everybody notices that thing. Uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of hilarious. Um, almost for Chris to just kind of like stop so much. It's like, do you like, 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 I think the, I think the, in a regular Tough Mudder, you might hang out for a while, help a group and move on. I think the unwritten rule for the leads is like, you help the one behind you, then you keep going, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you, if you go up Everest, you reach down and help a person and then you go, hey, I'm, I'm competing. Can I go? And usually the regular people are like, yes, go, go, go. We want you to win. Go, go. It, it happens one time actually when she goes up Everest, when, when Chris goes up Everest, she kind of looks at the person and they go, they kind of go, yeah, go ahead. You can almost not notice it. She's, she's wearing, she's got food in her mouth thing at the time. Um, but, um, but yeah, she's just like hanging out in, in that, <laughs> she's hanging out in Blockness. <laughs> Yeah, and it happens later in the in the movie as well at Devil's Beard, and it was only after it happened that I I noticed that was was Chris because I, I you see her enter it with two other people, and they, they go through it, and then at the the end you see uh, two people stand up, and when I'm first watching it, I think oh that's nice these regular mudders are helping um, Chris get through it. And then they walk out of it, and you find out that the first person through was actually Chris, and she'd been stood there for a good 30 seconds of real time so that the people who'd helped her didn't get stuck in Devil's Beard. It's just, like I say, she, I think she got a lot of goodwill in the community generally, and it really just sold what a person she is. Um, and I'll, I'll try and stop the spoilers now, because if you're not already listened to the movie, go watch the movie. Just well, go think, watch it. I, well, I think at the beginning, I'm going to have to add an addendum. Uh, I think I'm going to have to say, hey, we're, we are going to spoil. And I think people will probably still listen anyway. But the question is, does it make you want to do the event? Well, me personally? Yes. I've, I've been there as pig crew. No, it's freezing. It's miserable. <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's a reason um, I, I enjoy some of my uh, road running. You 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 finish it in an hour to two hours, and then you go home. But will it make some people? Yes, you know what? It really does sell sell the event. I met you it, though. I'm talking about you, Ian K. Me, Ian K. Not next year. Maybe one year. Maybe one year. But at the moment, I'm I'm focused on cleaner stuff, shall we say? So, but will I do it again? Yeah, you know what? I, I might do one day. And th- this movie did, in equal uh, equal measures, excite me and horrify me. Um, are you? Are is the is there is there a contingent coming though? There's always a contingent, right? Will well, Will, uh, Ch- uh, will Chung will, about will, them? Uh, will Chung will not be coming next year because I think he is. Uh, I don't think this is a secret, but having I having a think baby. He, no, no, he's. Uh, I, I think he's heading Hong Kong next year, so that's his big trip of the year. I, I don't think that's secret. I think there's going to be a lot of British uh, people coming. I hope a lot of them watch this film and it encourages them to go. 
because I, I think if you are currently doing a lot of tough mudders and doing Europe's toughest mudder, this will encourage you to go. I suspect Muddy Duck's going to watch it and want to go. He well, might even be booking his flights. That's what I was thinking is like he would come and do it and you could pit crew and also do footage so you could send for all the folks back home. I'm not doing footage again after seeing this movie. I can't compete with this. No, I, I, no, I mean, you know, we're telling the stories. Here's all the UK runners, right? No, it's true. But but yeah, you, you don't realize what a high bar you, you've set for, for everyone, no, no, Matt. But like you said, this is 10 years' work. Your, Basically. Your, fi- your favorite um, quote, well, one of my favorite quotes of yours is, don't judge someone's chapter 10 by your chapter one. I said that? You did. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. I must have stolen that from someone's Instagram. I, I you, either you or a guest, and yeah, I, I've I've heard that it's such a such a good um, good thing, and people are gonna watch this video and they're gonna try and replicate it. And honestly, please don't, don't. It's a a masterpiece, and I saw how hard Matt and Jeff worked on it, and you're not gonna you're not gonna replicate this with a gimbal, right? <laughs> Well, yeah. I, I have to say that's the other funny thing is that um, uh, we'd gone out to Vegas and covered it a couple times, right? And then Jeff was like, I don't want to do it again. And then I convinced him to help in Atlanta, right? And he froze his ass off, right? And uh, he said he about a month before this, maybe two months before this, he had he had he, if you if you go to his channel, which you should, uh, Trail Running Zen, he he covers some ultras and does a really good job. And this guy, Jason, so Yeti Trail Runners, many of you actually probably heard of it, and you might have done his 24-hour challenge during COVID. A lot of people did it, um, where you where you run four miles every, or five miles every four hours. So you basically, you run 20, you, you run it, go to sleep, whatever. Anyway, he covered, I think, a Virginia race, and it was cold and rainy and miserable, and he said, Matt, I'm not going to do that again. Like, we'd already planned to go, and like, you know, I... I do pay Jeff for this. And, you know, we talked about how much it would be. And he's like, after coming home from that in October or September, he was like, Matt, I'm not doing that again. I can't stay all night and be cold. I can't warm up. Jeff is very skinny. Uh, I'm not doing it. And I was like, well, Jeff, um, we won't know it's going to rain until like the day before. So, you know what I mean? Like, even if the weather report, I said, I said, okay, I got a hotel that's really close. It's not like, an hour away, I said, worst case scenario, we can go to the hotel and get warm. Uh, like, please don't bail on me. So uh, if the if the weather was worse, we might have been in trouble because it did get cold, but it wasn't rainy and cold, which it could have been. I think I remember saying when it was drizzling during the start, I said, we've never had that. We've never had a like a whole rainy weekend. Uh, so we lucked out. But uh, yeah, it was almost didn't happen because Jeff was like afraid to get cold. <laughs> I, I don't blame him. And yeah, you, you guys, because I, I remember when you guys uh, went to um, went to the hotel, it was just after um, the, the slide, whatever. Just shoot me, it all opened because um, you wanted to get some shots of that and then you were done for the night. And yeah, after that, it got really, really, really cold. So that could have killed the documentary. So I'm, I'm glad that your timing was perfect. Yeah, even trying to get three hours of sleep, which is what we got, you have to leave with like four and a half hours, right? Because you got to get there and sleep. And and we knew like, dude, I cannot stay up all night anymore. There's no way. I mean, I still fell asleep in my chair at nine in the morning. Sean took a picture of me when we were waiting for the winners to come in. Maybe it was closer to 11 in the morning. Um, but yeah, I think we got I think we got three and a half hours of sleep. I'm not 100% sure. Um, 
somewhere between three and four, which is what I used to get. I used to pride myself on staying up all night. And then three, four years ago, it was like, this is not happening. I've got to get some sleep. Because again, remember, it's not just 24 hours, right? It's you're you're getting up that morning and going, right? So a normal day, 7, 8 a.m., then noon, the race starts. The race ends at 1.30, plus you're going to do post-race interviews, right? Get your shit in the car, unpack. So it's a long, it's more like 36 hours, right? I can't do math right now. Kind of like, kind of like uh, Chris, but there's just no way. No, I don't think people realize that. And if anyone's not been at WTM, that would be my tip to you is to realize it's not a 24-hour event. Uh, I, I think we we left the um, the Airbnb at nine and maybe saw it at I don't know maybe five p.m. six p.m. the, the next uh, the next evening. Right. And yeah, it was just, uh, it was a long, long day. I slept a while. Uh, Matt, we've gone almost, uh, I know you're the horse, but I'm, I'm on time check here. Uh, we've gone almost 40 minutes, maybe 45. Do you need to go now or do you want to finish up or what do you want to do? Yeah, I do need to go to a 5K and we can talk about how it went when I get back. How about that? And we'll talk about, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about world obstacle. Sounds like a plan, Matt. Um, call me when you, you're back. Well, what's really funny before I let you go is that whenever I'm about to send an email to you, Ian K, uh, Ian Adamson does pop up under the auto search. So, uh, uh, and then um, it's so if I type in Ian, it says Ian K, Ian Adamson, Ian Floyd, who, as you know, is a uh, is an awesome dude who does some work for us. So, uh, thank God I don't know any more Englishmen. <laughs> well, two out of three good Ian's not bad. Oh man! All right, I'll talk to you soon. See you later. Bye. Bye.